By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. Yes. You're supposed to say something. <laughs> oh, and I am Brad and he is Shelly. Oh, you're so good. You're so good at that. Oh, you're so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a new promo that you're going to like. I'm running it right now. You heard it yet? I haven't heard it. Oh, you're going to love for it. Me. It's all about you. I can't play it for you because it's, oh. it's, it's running right now. I don't have it. I don't have it in the in the quick list, whatever they call it. We'll play it over the air. I don't know if I can. Of course you can. That's what you do. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, remember the number two two three five B A thirty. I believe it is. There it is. Okay, hold on. You sure you want me to play it over the air? Well, it was going to anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's scheduled to be run today. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Okay, hold on, make sure everything I'm plugged up. Okay, here we go. In my country, we love listening to Shelly on the BS show. She says such amazing things like, You are so icky. And the other day she said, He's got a very small head for such a big body. Ha ha ha. You can listen to Shelly live Monday through Friday from 12 to 1400 GMT or you can listen to Shelly anytime on BS.show. You like? It's cute. <laughs> That was cute. You like that? <laughs> and Steve was great. <laughs> yes, Steve. No, that's Bob. That's not, oh, sorry. That, Bob that's Bob. Was great. Yes. And did you notice he gives the time in GMT? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know, he's from a foreign country. <laughs> yes. Okay. Which they go by. So, the, so you actually you, act, hour. you actually like that? I do. Oh, it's I, pretty cute. I thought you'd be mad at me. Like, oh, you're making fun of me again. <laughs> Were you? No, come on. Oh, okay. Come on. Well, I didn't take it as that. But no, you say. If that was your intent, I could go with it. One of your charming aspects is you say these bizarre things sometimes. It's just like, what? You know, it's just like, where did that come from? You know, it's. And that's the charming aspect? Well, it's like John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy says all oh, these crazy please. things. You know, like the other day, I got to find this one. He said. He said, imagine if, you know, in his, in his, in his southern uh, Louisiana drawl, he says, imagine if, if, if Martians landed uh, on, on, the, on, the, on planet Earth and said, take me to, to your leader. What do you think would happen? You know, the idea, Where would he go? Right. The, you know, well, the idea of, you know, you take him to Biden and then go like, who is this guy? You know, I'm, anyway, who knows? Yeah. Yes, I know. Ah, man. It's just so, you know. You know, we need to talk about this later, next hour. But if you know this whole crazy story, first off, when I heard this, I'm going like, okay, why did they do that? I think it's Jim Jordan, the guy who's now the, he's a U.S. rep, but since they're the, the Repubs are now in charge of, of the the House of Representatives because they have more than the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi's not the big cheese anymore. Uh, anyway, um, they've released 40,000 hours of security video from January 6th around and in the Capitol building, okay? 40,000 hours. And who do they release it to? Tucker Carlson at Fox News. Now, obviously the other stations, you know, and CNBC and MSNBC and, and the newspapers, New York Times and the Washington Post, they're going bananas. Why'd you release it to him? Why'd you release it to him? So he's got his producers going through all this video. And it's unbelievable what they found. 
I mean, it's crazy time. It's just like, okay. And it's not what you think. It's the exact opposite of what you think. It's So what does that mean? Like, for example, we'll talk about it next hour. We'll talk about it next hour. It it go it's too, it takes too long. This is a shorter break. It takes too long to explain all the different aspects of it. But let, let me put it to this way: it would be like let's say you had a videotape in your house, and you invited over like your long lost cousin. Okay, I'm just you know throwing stuff out. I don't know if you have a long lost cousin, but let's say you have a long lost cousin. I that, actually have. I do have one cousin, and that's it. Okay, let's say you haven't seen that cousin in thirty years. And you got you got your security camera rolling with a microphone on it. It's in you're in your living room, okay? And far you're there with your husband, you're there with David, and you're talking about, oh, remember when and you're having this great time. And then, you know, for three hours you talk about wonderful things, and then for five minutes he talks about the time that you beat him up and gave him a black eye. So <laughs> it would be like it would be like, okay. I'm going to take that tape and I'm going to turn it into the fact that like, hey, guess what? Shelly's long lost cousin went up to her house the other day and she beat him up and gave him a black eye. You know, and it's going like, well, no, hold on a minute now. That's not what it was about. First off, you had three hours of great memories. You had one short little bit when you and him, as Shelly would say, got cross purposes and you beat him up and gave him a black eye. And so in other words, there's five minutes of that and there's, Three hours, there's two hours and 55 minutes of good times, you know, hanging around with your relatives and going to Easter Sunday service and doing this and blah, 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 blah. And it would be like I selectively edited five minutes, the worst five minutes out of it, and they go, oh, that's Shelly, she's terrible. She beats up her relatives. Get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's sort I do. Of, it's sort of what they've done with now that these tapes have come out and go like, Okay, now hold on a minute now. We were told that these people were ripping and tearing and, you know, now, well, the crazy part of it is, well, we'll talk about it next hour. Anyway, it's just, see. So you're telling me we're going to talk about it next hour? Yeah, we're going to talk about it next hour. See, what bothers me is. So many things. Well, media has its biases, okay? And think? To a certain extent, we have our own biases. My bias is I'm frustrated by the fact that. There's goofy people in the world doing goofy things, and there's goofy politicians, and we don't realize it, but every day, more and more and more and more, you know, times, uh, there's things that they put more law. Like, for example, there's a law that's going into effect, they're, they're trying to get through the house in Missouri, that if you have a catalytic converter and take it to a recycling place, it's a felony. Now... I will Why? Ta- well, because of the fact that that's going to... Because st- then that way the, the thieves can't sta- uh, steal the uh, platinum. Right. They can't steal the catalytic converse. But here's the interesting part of that. If that were the law two years ago, I would be a felon because one of my cars... Matter of fact, I have another one right now. One of my cars had a clogged catalytic converter. Had a clogged catalytic converter, okay? I took it to the shop and I thought that was the case. And the guy says, yeah, cl- clogged catalytic converter. So... I cut it out, okay? Cut it out and put a new one in. Me, myself, I did it myself. Did it with my welder, the whole bit. You know, had to, you know, cut some holes, had had, had fabricate a little different mounting bracket because the catalytic converter I got was not the factory catalytic converter. It was an aftermarket converter, and it didn't quite fit properly, so I had to change it around a little bit. Didn't you change are such MacGyver. Well, I didn't change any aspect of how it worked 
you know, it's a legitimate catalytic converter, but it was just to the, the point where, like I said, it was a universal one, and it almost fit, and I had to essentially drill a couple holes in a flange and put a couple bolts in and make it work, okay? I hate when holes are drilled in my flange. It's, it can be very painful. So I took it down to my recycling place, <laughs> and surprisingly enough, I think I got like 35 bucks for it. I thought to myself, wow. <laughs> but see, once again, under the new law, you couldn't do that. If you were for, if you were like a handy kind of person and you did it yourself, so I'm going like, now hold on a minute now. So does that mean like at the muffler shops? If you go to like a muffler shop and you're, are you take your car into the dealership and oh hey Shelly, your car's got a bad catalytic converter, we're gonna have to cut it out and put a new one in. Okay, fine, go ahead and do that. So that was that mean that the shop can't can't recycle make a it? buck. Well, no, so they, you can save a buck? They can't recycle it because the whole idea behind this is is that there's precious metals, platinum, and some of them have some other stuff as well, too, inside those catalytic converters. That's why they're worth money. Matter of fact, there's a whole new thing. I mean, I, I, knew, these, I knew these guys years ago that advertised with me on the traffic network that were recycling computers, and the guy explained to me that all the various metals, the precious metals that are in computers, I mean, just like, you know, like our, you know, laptops, you know, you know, desktops, a whole bit. First off, when they, he showed me, like, they they crack open the hard drives, and there's, like, some very, I mean, like, little tiny pieces of stuff. You know, I mean, like, we're not talking, like, you know, like, two ounces of platinum or something like that in a computer, but little tiny pieces of things. And, you you know, and once again, you open up 100 computers, and you open up 100 hard drives, and you pull these little parts out of the hard drives, and it's worth something. You know what I mean? That's what these guys did. They sat around all day long, and they tore these computers apart. And, and then there was the thing, there's gold contacts. Matter of fact, I saw something the other day that talked about that when they recycle aircraft, like let's say, you know, like a 737 is end of life and it's to the point where it's no longer airworthy anymore. They, they take it out to the, the, you know, recycling place and they, they cut it apart and they sell, you know, they sell the aluminum and there's some parts that they can salvage that, that can be used on other planes, but they take all the connectors apart because the connectors, and you know this from working with electronics, some connectors in mission-critical equipment are gold-plated. The pins on the connectors. A lot of times the, the, in the old days on the motherboards, you don't see this much as you do anymore, but on the motherboards, or not the motherboards, but like the b- boards that plug into the motherboards, the edge connectors are gold-plated. You know what I'm talking about? Because gold is an excellent conductor of electricity. So they've got these systems where they can essentially extract that gold from the connectors and they talked about that on your you know like a, a like a plane like a 737 i think they said there, there's like seven to eight thousand dollars worth of gold on it i'm going like what you know because there's all these you know i mean you know you know from working in, in even what you did avia you know avionics for the you know like landing stuff and stuff like that all the equipment i mean you know you figure all the equipment the faa's just got like in st louis we're talking truckloads of stuff right I mean, if you were to go to oh, all there's the, a lot. well, if you were to go to just out to Lambert, all the stuff that's in the control tower, and then you got all the stuff that's sitting out all over the place, you know, you know the stuff you used to work on, like the remote sites and things like that, the stuff out, out of the airfield of Lambert, there's tons of that equipment. And a lot of it's got precious metals in it. So the, this dude in, in Missouri house is trying, well, you can't own a catalytic converter. So in other words, let's say... Why do it, they think, sit around and think about stuff well, like that? Why don't they sit around and think about... The reason why they're taking people's medications and just taking them away from them because they decided that 
they're not good for them, even though they've been taking them for years. Are you talking from personal experience, it I sounds am. like? <laughs> and I am mad. Well, hold it. There's a medication you took, and they're taking it away from you? Yes. Is it that cocaine stuff you used to use all the time? No. <laughs> close, but no. Close? <laughs> no. It's it wasn't it's not close to cocaine. You know you know what I started doing? Um, God only knows. What did you start doing? Well, I shouldn't tell this on the air, but uh, hopefully the DEA won't hear me talk about this, but I go to Schnooks when I get my bagels and I get the poppy seed bagels and I, I come back to my house. And you, you tried to ferment them? You know, no, no, no. I, I rub them off and I try to grow them. You do what? I rub off the little poppy. You know, they're poppy seeds. So I'm trying yes, to grow. I'm trying to grow poppies. Uh-huh. So I can, you know, make all the good stuff. You know what I mean? So am I. But do you know that they... Um, <laughs> so are you. <laughs> they do. Well, I just made the connection between Wizard of Oz and poppies. Well, I wonder I wonder if you can do that. I wonder... Because, you know, if you've got tomatoes... They, they've done something to them to modify them where they're not... You can't regrow them? Growable. Really? Yeah. You think? Well, there's like tomatoes. In other words, if you if you get a tomato and like with watermelon, if you pull out the watermelon seeds and you plant them, they won't grow. Oh no, those will. How about tomatoes? You pull out the tomato seeds, you yes, plant them, they will they will grow too. So, but poppies, but po- um, poppy seeds, no, they won't grow. Are you sure? Yes. Oh my from god. From poppy from poppy seeds that you put on food. Yes. Yes, they won't grow. Why not? Maybe one in a blah blah. If you water them. But do you have to sit on them to keep them warm, like you know, you like know, a duck does? <laughs> right, duck does with duck eggs or a bird no, or a goose. No, but going back goose. to precious metals. Yes. Did you know? <laughs> We're all if over you the have place. a gold ring. Yes. And you, well, they're not like this anymore. But in older days, when there was mercury in the uh, thermometers, yeah. If you got that mercury, you broke the thermometer or whatever, right. and got it on your gold ring, it would um, dehydrate your gold. It would completely destroy it. Get out. That's true. Get out. No, it's true. I used to do that all the time. I used to break my thermo- or my, my thermometers to pull the mercury out of it and go, I don't know if it's going to dissolve my gold ring. No, the mercury does something to the gold and like, seriously, like mummifies it. <laughs> it does. It mummif- Makes it into <laughs> basically nothing. So when it's, it's after it's mummified, you can go down to the uh, museum and look at it? Because it's like the mummy. Yeah, Brad. Hey, we got to take a break at 632. Oh, thank you. It is BS.show 637. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Remember Clark Howard? Does that name ring a bell to you? No. Okay, Clark Howard used to be this talk show guy. Matter of fact, we had him when, when our one station was crap, when it was back in the day when it was KWMO. We had him on uh, our station, and Clark, he has his voice like this. He talks like this, and he's Mr. Cheapskate. Probably worth. Is he the one that's got? Is he like um? Has he's been in movies? I don't think he's been in movies. So he's not the he doesn't not the guy that's got that short cropped. No 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 no. Um, this, hair. This is a guy. A guy that does that. This is a guy who made his living as a talk show host, and also he had websites and stuff like that. He was like Mister Cheapskate, in other words, and he talked about like, and it was interesting because he said that he was not, he was not. He would accept lower quality merchandise and services and food and things like that for a lower price. You know, some people want like, you know, they want like filet mignon, but they want to pay 
hamburger price. You get what I'm saying? In other words, yes. he essentially said he would accept lower quality for a lower price. Okay. And it got to the point where he sort of drove me nuts because after a while you listen to him and people call in and he'd say, well, like any, he was like, and, and it, what the interesting part of it was, I know for, and and long time ago, he was on 97.1, way, way, way back when, probably maybe 20 years ago. And he came into town and he spent some time with the people at 97.1 and did a show from there for a day or something like that. And one of the guys that worked at the 97.1, a good friend of mine who would never do anything wrong to me, Jeff Allen, um, you know, told me the story that they went out to dinner with Clark and Clark was married to, you know, here's this nerdy looking guy who talks like this. I'm Clark Howard and I drive. And he talked about how he drove around. I mean, like one one episode he talked about, like for 45 minutes of how he searched the country for a LPG powered Honda Insight. Now, I don't even know what the Insights were these little tiny cars Honda made for a while. Matter of fact, the original Hondas were little tiny cars, but the Insight was a very small car. And there were a few of them that were made with CNG, compressed natural gas. For a while, everybody says, oh, the future is going to be compressed natural gas. Now natural gas is bad because it's a fossil fuel. Matter of fact, I went to a seminar years ago, put on, and was actually, maybe you find this interesting, maybe you won't. They did this out at the airport where all the airport vehicles, not the FAA vehicles, but all the vehicles out at the airport were running, you know, like the, the guys who would do the maintenance on the runways and stuff like that. Everything was run in compressed natural gas. Okay, so anyway, he's talking about this car he's got. So anyway, Jeff Allen and his crew take him out to dinner. And they find out he's married to this woman who's like 20 years younger than him. And she's like a 9.8 in any guy's book. And he talks about how he lives this life that he's Mr. Penny Pincher. But his wife isn't like that. And she drives a Ferrari. And I'm going like, hold on a minute. Let's back up here a minute. So you're Mr. Penny Pincher. You know, you're talking about how, you know, well. So clearly she's his his antithesis. Well, but the crazy part of that is that would be like me saying, that would be like me saying, Shelly. I'm a I'm a environmentalist, you know, and 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 you and I worked well so so well together. I recycle everything. Matter of fact, there's nothing. I don't even have trash service anymore because I recycle everything. And that would be like you saying, "Well, I drive down the street and I just throw stuff out the window of my car. I don't need this anymore. Boom, out the window it goes. And oh, my old clothes up out the window it goes. Oh, oh, you know, a, a bowl at, at my house that I don't like anymore up out the window it goes. Get what I'm saying? It's at a point where it's like, okay, now hold on a minute now. What it's like? It's like you're pushing in different directions. You know what I'm saying? And and I always do push in what, different directions. No, but but I'm going like, okay, now let's let's pull that into real life. Do you know any couples that are like that, or just like total opposites? David and myself. You really? They're total opposites. Yes. But see, the theory is. That in, you know, in like that you're supposed to marry, you're supposed to find your soulmate, you know, and that if you like toasted ravioli, your partner's going to like toasted ravioli. And if you like, you know, if you like sunsets, you know, on the beach, that your that your partner would like sunsets on the beach. But I'm of the theory that a lot of times, you know, like if you go to magnetism, opposites attract. If you get a north and a north pole, you try to push those two together, you can't push them together if they're strong enough magnets. But if you have a north pole and a south pole, bonk, they go together and they're really hard to pull apart. Get what I'm saying? I do. 
So you're so you and your husband are north are two north poles or two south poles. Doesn't make any difference. No, we're complete. Yeah, we're completely opposite. <laughs> well, but I guess the thing that that bothers do, me. Do you want to know what makes us complete opposites? Yeah, tell me. I mean, does it matter? It does. Why does it matter? Because inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think um, maybe sometimes on the rowdy side? Never. You. I'm being serious. Do you do you think that? Well, I saw you punch that cop one time. Other than that, I don't think that you're doesn't right. count. <laughs> that doesn't count. He deserved it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he pulled you over doing 110. You go, hey, you don't pull me over till 120, okay? Got it, punk, and you just punched him. Yeah, well, he's like, are are you picking up what I'm putting down? And he I'm said, like, he said, oh, ma'am, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were Shelly Barr, the, the speed demon of St. Charles County. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> Those people on 364. Hey. Please. Things have gotten, ever since the pandemic. Oh, my God. Things have gotten out of control on a daily basis. I get past, and I know you're going to say, I'm only doing 40. I get past almost every damn day by, I was on 40 the other day out in St. Exactly. Charles County. You were on 40 doing 40. No, no. I was on 40, you know, excuse me, MoDOT 64. Shame on me. Uh, I was It'll on, always be 40 to me. I was on 40. That's what I grew up with. I was going out into St. Charles County west from 270. I probably had 10 cars past me that were going at least 100 miles an hour. Now, every once in a while. I see him. I don't know if that's St. Charles or who is St. Peter's, but I see him running, running radar on 364, and it's always the same cop car. If you've seen this guy before, it's a silver Ford. Um, what are they using? They're using the, the, the no, the Explorer, the silver Ford Explorer. Yeah, yeah. And it's unmarked, and looks like a regular old Explorer. It's not like with those little dinky hubcaps, and you know, it's it's not the it's not the dead giveaway. Uh, Ford Explorer, you know, the police interceptor Ford Explorer. It looks like a civilian Florida Ford Explorer. I saw I saw two of them just yesterday giving tickets out there on 364. And I think it's in St. Peter's. I might be in St. Peter's and St. Charles. But other than that, Maryland Heights used to give tickets all the time on 364 down in the valley there, you know, between the bridge and where you go up the hill over Creefcore Lake. I never see them there anymore. I used to see up and down 170, used to see, you know, uh, all the different, used to see Charlac. Well, Charlac's gone. They don't have their own police department anymore. But used to see Bell Ridge all the time. Never anybody. You drive up and down 170, I have a friend of mine that refuses to drive 170 because of the fact that every time she does, she says she almost gets hit by guys doing like 120. And you know what? I've had the same situation. And they're all getting off on the exit going well, on to uh, see, 70 to the airport. Well, they're, you mean they're late for their flight? That's what you think? They're, yeah. They're trying to, oh, I'm going to be late for With my flight. With the Joy sticker. <laughs> With the Joy 99 sticker. <laughs> That's not true. I don't know if they have Joy stickers. That they're is, flying by me too fast. That but. is true. Okay, we have to take a break. It's it's 646. The day is complete. <laughs> yes. You know, you know uh, Sandy Brown's going to be mad at you. It's 646. I don't even know who she is. It is BS.show. It's Shelly and Brad. You have to figure out which one's which. And I screwed up again. I'm sorry. It's my fault. And I do that about 14 times a day. And now Shelly won't talk. No, I'll talk. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could hear you on the air. 
No, I'm gone. I went home. What do you mean to hear me on the air? <laughs> I went home. What kind of I question is that? I down and went home. And that's all what there is What kind of question is that? that? Hear me on the air. What does that mean? Explain that. You can't. What is there to explain? I don't know. Let's move on. Okay. Oh, okay. Mike Otten sent me an interesting story. Mr. Otten. Yes. Eight-year-old boy who, uh, with his parents, would go out on the weekend and eat at Waffle House. Matter of fact, go with his parents, his grandfather or something like that. And he had a favorite waiter. The guy's name is Devante, Devante Gardner. And this kid's name is, I love this kid's name. This kid's name is Kazen Hunter. K-A-Y-Z-E-N. What a cool name that is. Kazen. Huh. Kind of like our friend. Hunter. Caleb Hunter? Yeah. He's Kazen Hunter. That could be one of his kids. Hey, Kazen Hunter. Anyway, uh, he's eight years old, and his parents, and his usually his family, and sometimes his grandparents go out to Waffle House near his house. A in, lot of people do that. That's little, like a, right, it's a, ritual. a routine for them. A Little Rock, Arkansas, and they have their favorite waiter, Devontae Gardner. So he finds out, this eight-year-old kid finds out that Devante is not doing well and he's not making a lot of money and he lives in a hotel. He lives in a motel because of the fact that he can't afford a house. So, matter of fact, he said, one day Kazen learned that Gardner was in dire living situation because his family's former apartment was riddled with issues and he didn't have a car to drive to work. And he said, we wanted to find out something affordable, so we moved into a low-income area, Gardner says. This is the waiter. He says, we just got tired of infestation with rats and roaches and all this black mold. My daughters were getting sick, no heat and things like that. When it was cold outside, we had to bundle up. We were like four or five blankets in order to stay warm. It was just horrible. After learning this, Kazen decided he wanted to help his friend. He came home and told me that, hey, Mom, Devante wants, walks or gets a ride to work, and I'm going to start a GoFundMe, Hunter said, adding that Kazen had begged her for a while to do a GoFundMe before she agreed to take the plunge. I was like, well, okay, that's really sweet. It's a great idea, as Mom said. The initial idea was to raise enough money to get the Waffle House worker a car. Gardner mentioned to the family he was looking for one, but the plans were put on hold due to his living situation. It really set him back because the motel was so expensive. With his mom's help, Kazen aimed to raise a modest amount of $500 for Devante Gardner, the waiter at... at, at, uh, at uh, Waffle House. Waffle House. They posted the GoFundMe titled Help Devante Get a Family Car on February 18th. It says, and this is the gun on the GoFundMe page. Hi, my name is Kaze and I'm eight years old. Devante is a hardworking dad with two little girls and a wife. He is a dedicated worker and has to walk or get a ride to get to work every day. Kazen then explains that Gardner was looking for a decently priced car and that Hunter family wants to get Gardner's family into a clean rental property. He says, Devante is one of my most joyous and positive people you've ever met. He always greets us with the biggest smile. Kazen wrote, I hope your heart is big as mine and you will be my, and you help me, help me spread kindness in the world. Any amount helps. Guess how much money? Uh, 250000 Eh, you're a little optimistic. They've raised over $100,000. Aww. Yeah. How cute is that? Yeah. Now, here's the problem. What? If I went on GoFundMe, and let's say you started a GoFundMe account, you say, Brad's not doing well with the radio station, Amron Uyghur is going to turn off the power, and Quiver River's already turned off his power, and, and you know things are going bad for him, and, and he just needs 50 cents a day to keep the radio station on the air. Can you donate 50 cents a day? Guess what my GoFundMe account would be? 
uh, at least 50 cents. I know that much. No, it would be zero. <laughs> no, it would at least be 50 cents. You, you donate 50 cents a day to keep me on the air? I would. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that bothers me about GoFundMe is you read... And I'm sure I'm not the only one. You read about all these crazy stories in GoFundMe, but there's sometimes but when GoFundMe... They fund- take it out. If it's a not-for-profit, they don't, but... They take it out. I know, but but percentage. But, but sometimes, like for example, grouping. for example, there's a guy. I don't know if you know the story. We've talked about this one time before. It's a horrible, somewhat local story. I believe it's the town is called Farmersville, Illinois, and I don't know if you remember us talking about this. Um, it's an interesting story that this guy, I can't. His name is Chris. I can't remember his last name. Chris befriended a local talk show host here in St. Louis. Mark Reardon, who I, I know sort of indirectly. I've never met Mark, but him and I have talked on the phone a couple different occasions, and, you know, we text back and forth and stuff like that. Anyway, he became friends with with um, Mark Reardon, who is the afternoon talk show host on 97.1, used to be on Camo X. And they got to the point where they had to be friends, and they went to baseball games together. Okay, so Chris is a single guy. Matter of fact, he's got, I think he's got some kids, but he was married. I think he's late 30s, early 40s. He's married and he got divorced and he was living by himself and he started dating and he met this woman online and they were going to go out to dinner and she went over to his house. And the only problem was she had a jealous ex-boyfriend who followed her to Chris's house and the boyfriend went in and they were in the kitchen getting ready to go out to dinner and he goes in and he shoots them both in the head and she dies but he doesn't and this is on the wednesday before thanksgiving two or three years ago shoots them both in the head she dies he's like near death laying on the floor bleeding out in his kitchen and he's supposed to be at one of his relatives house on on thanksgiving and um he doesn't show, so the relatives get concerned, and they call him. He doesn't answer his phone. goes right to voicemail. So they drive her to his, over to his house, and they find him. They find this horrible scene of the woman laying dead on the floor and him, you know, clinging to life. They, you know, get an ambulance. I think they air-flighted him, you know, to, like, one of the St. Louis hospitals. I think that's what happened. And long story made short, he lived, and now he's slowly but surely getting back to normal, okay? He, he couldn't walk for a while, and he had speech problems, you know, because he had brain damage. But the bizarre part of the story is, and I know this for a fact because I went on the site, and I'm not trying to say I donated any money because I did, but I went on the site, and his sister is running the GoFundMe account, and then all of a sudden, there's a notice on there that they shut down the GoFundMe account. Not her, but the GoFundMe people. I go, why would you do this? If there's ever a case to help somebody out, it's this one. And she gives some explanation that supposedly that they violated some rule for GoFundMe. I'm going to, come on. Come on, you know what I mean? I mean, if there's ever a guy who needs a hand, a helping hand, it's this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And why would they shut down the GoFundMe account? I'll have to look this up, see if I can find this. Because when I read this, I thought to myself... Maybe it was the amount they collected. So what? Surely it's, there's got to be a... No, it's a... It's, it's what's a, a jigger? It's, oh, you mean a limit? Yes. If someone goes on there and says they need $100,000, they end up with $10 million. You think You think they're going to say, oh, that's too much money. I don't think that was the case. I'll see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find the story on this. Because mm. I was like shaking my head going like, and I've seen. Ever SMH? No, I've seen other things where I've people talk about, well, they shut down my GoFundMe account. I go, why would they do that? I don't know. 
Maybe because they voted for Trump or something like that. Yeah, 659. <laughs> right, 659. It is BS.show. I'm She's Brad, 705. A Tuesday morning goes to 7, but Monday morning. We did that yesterday, right? Wasn't yesterday Monday? Hold it. I never turned you on there. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, what? <laughs> never mind. Keep what going. What was the question? <laughs> I said, what day is it? It's a tough question. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Very good. Very good. Very good. Okay. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Okay. I found the article. And this, what's interesting is apparently the guy's name is Chris Smith. And now he lives in St. Charles County. This article was from September 21st of 2022. So we'll call that what? Six, seven, seven months ago. And um, we'll talk about this. We talked about this before the break. He's 49 years old. I guess he's 50 by now. Um, He could still be 49, I guess. Um, This happened on November 24th, 2021, the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And Uh he was out on a date with a woman, went back to his place. The woman's boyfriend, our ex-boyfriend, got jealous, broke into the house, shot her in the head. Beat him up, put him on the floor, and then shot him execution style was on the floor in the head. Okay? What now, kind of car did he drive? What? Never mind. Go on. Okay. So, um, talks about that. First off, they I, I, I was wrong. They did life flight him. They helicoptered him to the hospital in Springfield, Illinois, which was the trauma center, not here in St. Louis. But the interesting part of the story is, this is on the Channel 4 website, he's now being treated here at DePaul Hospital right there in Bridgeton. And, Why DePaul? Well, I don't know. That's what it says. It says, it says, it says, anyway, um, sorry. let me read this. Um, here's the doctor in Springfield. He says, even though we knew it was a single gunshot wound in the head, the outcome, we didn't know what would happen because it was a devastating injury. So we just wanted to give it our best shot to get him through the OR first. This is Dr. Dr. Chitengawa, MD. Then we could get him to the ICU and continue to support him to get through this. Dr. Gouda, a Springfield Clinic trauma physician, works at HSHS St. John's Hospital. He remembers his pager going off with Smith incoming. We said we had a 50-50 chance that he'd make it through. We didn't know which it would go. Dr. Jose Espinosa, a neurosurgeon, successfully completed a craniotomy on Smith, relieving, relieving the brain swelling. After surviving the surgery, his prognosis remained grim. Um, his sister said, or no, his mom t- said, they told us he would never be able to do anything. He won't walk, he won't talk, he won't smile, nothing. Weeks turns into months, and as Smith's was gradually weaned off sedation medication, his medical team started to see signs of improvement. His first memory comes from this past February when he broke up, when he woke up in a hospital unsure of where he was. He says, it's crazy, it's like a movie script, Smith said. It really is, or something you've seen on 2020. Robert Tarr, the guy who shot him, was arrested, charged with three counts of first-degree murder in the shooting death of his of his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, Reeves. He's charged with one count of attempted first-degree murder in the shooting of Smith. On Monday, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department announced additional charges against Tarr. This is Montgomery County uh, in Illinois. Tarr is now charged, charged with two counts of solicitation of murder for hire. Prosecutors allege while in jail he hired someone to kill Smith. Whoa! While in jail, he hired someone to kill Smith and a Montgomery County Sheriff's deputy working on the case. Is this guy a bad dude or what? He kills his ex-girlfriend, shoots this guy in the head, almost kills him. He's in jail. He hires somebody to kill Smith in the hospital and the Montgomery County Sheriff's deputy to kill both of them. Man. Did he succeed? No. There's a place for people like this, and it's not heaven. You know what I'm saying? No, I always say there's a special place in hell. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? 
I mean, how bad? I, I didn't know I, that. I, nothing surprises me about people anymore. I did not know I that. I used to be, you know, very um, naive. Not anymore. People well, will do just about anything. I did and not. And everybody has the capability of doing everything. It's They just know not to do it. Wow. But not everyone. Imagine you kill your girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. You almost kill another guy. You get thrown in jail. Then you, when you're in jail, you try to hire somebody to kill the guy that you almost killed, plus the sheriff's deputy who's working on the case. I'm going like, what? Okay, after regaining some of his strength this spring, Smith transferred his medical care to SSM DePaul in Bridgeton. There, neurosurgeon, doc, neurosurgeon Dr. Victor Williams, MD, has successfully reconstructed Smith's skull to improve cosmetic appearance and clear up an earlier infection from a prior surgery. He says, we didn't know if he would survive this, Dr. Williams said. So in other words, he almost died again. As Smith progressed, continuing uh, his patient occupation. And this is the, the, the perp, this, Smith. No, no, this is the guy, this is the, the in the, this guy did nothing wrong. He dated this girl. They went out. Oh, okay, uh, so this is the, the, the dater. Yes, the dater this is man. the guy who's okay. done nothing wrong. His, okay, his mistake, his only mistake was that he went out with a girlfriend or, or went out with a girl, a woman who had a crazy butt, we'll use that word, crazy butt ex-boyfriend, Okay. Now, and the bizarre okay. part of the story is, I read the story. I read, the, I've read the story a couple of times. You know what she would, she did. Get this. You know what she what did? What did she? She being the woman who was killed. Oh, okay. What okay. did she do? She had been abused by a previous boyfriend, and she taught a class. It's a pattern. Well, she taught a class in how to deal with men who would do you harms. In other words, she taught a class in self-protection for women against violent men. Okay? Like, she knows that situation real well. Ultimately, she had this, you know, D-bag ex-boyfriend who killed her. Okay, so let me read her. As Smith progressed... So did that also include mental as well as physical? I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, oh, okay. I guess you'd have to take the course. As Smith progressed, continuous inpatient occupational uh, physical therapy, Williams said the prognosis continued to shift. Smith said living his life in a wheelchair was a non-starter. I told him you were the wrong person that he can't do something because he's too stubborn and he'll do it out of spite, Smith said. Then, since then, Smith has completed his inpatient therapy and now works out and builds strength with his personal trainer at Club Fitness in O'Fallon. While he continues to have some paralysis on the left side of his body, he's working to strengthen both of his arms and legs. Most surprising of all is his medical team. Smith is able to walk with the assistance of a cane. It's that, it says, it's what folks would call a miracle, Dr. Williams said. I think that it has been miraculous to see him go through this process, watch him recover and watch him work so hard his recovery and for him to make the strides he's ultimately been able to make has been very rewarding. Smith is looking forward to returning to some of his favorite activities like playing golf and football, but first he's aiming to tackle everyday tasks with independence. He says, trying to brush your teeth, tie your shoes, everyday things we take for granted. He says, he took my life. He took my ability to be a normal human being. Now here's where it talks about, now, I don't know this, get this. I mean, this is an old article. This is from September. A group of Smith's friends have organized a fundraiser to assist in his ongoing medical bills. It will take place this Sunday, September 25th. This is an old article from noon to three at the Mellow Mushroom in Cottleville. God, this is St. Charles County. That's about County. right. He's a St. Charles County star. For all, and matter of fact, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're trying to get him um, a, a all-expense paid trip 
Donations can be made purchasing a raffle ticket. Oh, donations can be made by purchasing a raffle ticket for an all-expense-paid trip to Rivera Maya. Maya, whatever it is. I don't have no idea what that yeah, place is. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a place you don't want to go. You don't want to go to Mexico. Like, there's four people that disappeared. You know that bizarre what? weird story? If, you know, there are... Do you know anybody? Recently? I know people, yes. I know people that have done this. There's... I don't know if you know this. There's all these medical clinics. Did you know about this? There's dental clinics and stuff like that that are on... They're in Mexico, but they're on the border. You know what I'm talking about? No. People f- go to these places. In, in, I think there's one of them that's across the border in Arizona and one of them across the border in Texas. And okay. there are doctors in Mexico that charge a fraction of what the doctors here charge. Yeah. And same thing for dental work. There's a dental clinic someplace in Mexico that you literally walk across the border. There's like a, like, I don't know, there's like a bridge or something goes it's up. It's like the, a stop. It's like a stop, uh, stop walk, right? Well, I don't know. It's someplace where you cross the border. So in other words, and what they do is they do medical procedures for a fraction of the charge of the United States. In other words, people who have and I heard that. I know I know personally of two people that I know, people that I know who've told me this story that they fly the one was in Arizona. You fly down to Arizona someplace and you stay at some resort or some hotel or something like that. And almost the entire hotel is filled with people who are going across the border the next day to have some kind of a medical procedure. This particular person I know, I know two people, one of them had had dental surgery. And it was super expensive in the United States. So they went down to, you know, went to this place, crossed over the border, made an appointment, went to the place in Mexico and had the dental work done at a fraction of the cost. Well, four Americans, I believe they say they were from South Carolina because they found their van someplace in, in um, Mexico. Four Americans went down for some kind of work it, you know, some kind of dental procedure, medical procedure in Mexico, and they got kidnapped by the cartel. They found their, you know, they, they eyewitnesses said the cartel took shots at their van, made them stop. Uh, they pulled them out and threw them in the back of a van. Book off, they're gone. They're gone now. They don't can't find them. Do you think they were targeted or it was just wrong place, wrong time? I don't know. Nobody knows at this point. Hmm. You know, but that's interesting. But see, you know, I don't want to get too political here, but I will. I mean, I don't oh, yeah, I don't understand how, what's the guy's name, Mary Orcus, whatever his name is, how he's in front of, he's guy, the head of HHS or whatever, he's head of the Border Patrol, and he's on congressional hearing, and they say, is the border secure? Yes, the border's secure. Okay, if you've got a border with another country, and you say the border is secure, doesn't that mean that People aren't both sides are, but that doesn't that mean that people aren't sneaking in? You know what I mean? Doesn't it mean that nobody's sneaking in? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if you say, if someone said to you, "Hey, Shelly, you put your dogs out in your backyard. Is your fence secure?" And you would say, "Yes, it's secure. My dogs can't get out." Okay, because of the fact that you know the fence is in good shape, that there's no pieces missing, and that nobody has showed up in the middle of the night and cut a hole in your chingling's fence and your and your backyard, and your dogs can't dig their way out. You know, you're saying, "Yeah, yes. I don't know any of that." Well, no, I can't. I can't verify that. Well, but the idea being is, you know, that for your all for all your knowledge that you know that if you put your dogs out in in the backyard, they're not going to get away because the fence is secure, right? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> For the most part, okay. So, <laughs> so how Maybe in the I world can the like <laughs> can the head dude from the border patrol say, "Yeah, the border's secure," when there's millions of people coming across the border illegally? I'm going like, I don't understand that. Yeah, where's where's their ring camera? 
Well, but the crazy part of this is it's to the point where sometimes, you know, like, okay, which leads us to the next thing. We said we talked about this last hour. Okay, there's 40,000 hours of security camera video from January 6th at the Capitol House, outside uh-huh. and inside the Capitol building. The insurrection? In, in, right, an insurrection, okay? And the new guy who's now he's the new dude who's, you know, the new sheriff in town who's the on the House subcommittee for internal justice or whatever the heck he's doing. He's come out, he's taken the 40,000 hours of video and given it to to the guy, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, what's the dude's name on channel on, on Fox News? I'm losing my mind. I can't even think anymore. I don't watch Fox News. I talked so about I can't it last time. But I can Google it. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. So he gave 40,000 hours worth of video to Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah. And essentially said, okay, go through this video and tell us what you think. So Tucker Carlson and his producers have gone through, they've just like scratched the surface because you got to watch this stuff. You can't, you know, you can watch it, you can fast forward a little bit, but you can't watch it, you know, like at 10 times speed. You have to watch it at least like, you know, two times speed or maybe one speed. So in other words, every hour turns into 30 minutes. So they found all these bizarre things. Like, for example, the shaman, you know, that crazy dude with the horns on his head and the face painted up and the whole bit. Yeah, that was the Q guy. Right, the QAnon shaman, they call him. They've yeah, got whatever. video of the of the Capitol Police touring him around the Capitol building. Hey, they're opening the door for him. Hey, come on in. Here's the, the, the Senate chamber. And there's video of the Capitol Police opening the doors and letting people in and touring them around. Hey, this is where this is this is this is this place. And essentially what they're saying is preliminary. Look at the video is that like 90 percent of the people that got into the Capitol building were nonviolent. They're just, hey, the doors were open. Some of them walked up to the Capitol building. The police opened the door for them. Okay, now think about that for a minute. If you're somewhere, let's say you go to St. Charles City Hall and right down there on, on 2nd Street in downtown St. Charles, okay? Yep. And let's say you walk through the door and you're in there to get a permit or something. You're going to put a fence up at your house or something. And you walk in the door at the St. Charles City Hall. And all of a sudden, after you walk in the door, a riot breaks out outside. There's somebody protesting that that Dan Borkmeyer is not allowing people to build taco stands on Fifth Fifth Street in St. Charles. And people are protesting. Okay. And, and they don't have, you know, fifteen car washes like the right, other cities. Right. Do. Some some guy's protesting because he wanted to put the 49th car wash on First mm-hmm. Capitol Drive in St. Charles, but the city said, No, we got enough car washes. So a riot breaks out. Okay. So yeah. you're on video inside the St. Charles City Hall. You know, oh man, look at that, a riot outside. So two weeks later, St. Charles County Sheriff's Deputy shows up at your house and say, You Shelly Bar? Yes. Put your hands out. You know, anything you say can and will be said, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, do you have any, you know, do you have any questions? Do you have a right attorney? Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you arresting me for? Well, you were involved in that riot at St. Charles City Hall. No, it wasn't. It was up there getting a permit. Well, you're on video. You're in the City Hall. We've got you on video. But I didn't do anything. Too bad you were in City Hall. I'm sort of, you know, over exaggerating it. But once again, you? It's, no, no, but it's never. But it shows. People, and see, they've said this for a long time, it shows people being let into the Capitol building by the Capitol Police. They're holding the doors open. Now, if you were there that day and you walked up to the Capitol building and there's a Capitol Police officer who opens the door for you, wouldn't you think, well, I guess I can go in and look around? 
Wouldn't you think that? I would think that, yeah. Wouldn't you think that? No! Yeah. You get thrown because what they do is they've gone through the same video that Tucker Carlson now have, and they're identifying people. Oh, look, Shelly Shelley Barr from St. Louis. Look at that. Oh, yeah, the Capitol Police officer opened the door for her. Yep, she walked in. She looked around. She left in five minutes. Let's go arrest her. Throw her in jail. And the sad part is some of these people have been in jail for over a year and they haven't been charged. Some of them over two years because this happened in 2021. And, you know, once again, it's to the point where it's like, and remember the whole insurrection, it's the insurrection. Donald Trump is to blame. I'm going like, okay, first off, I don't think that Donald Trump has been the most <laughs> upfront about this because I think, quite honestly, I think he sort of liked that this happened. That's just me saying that, you know, that these people, you know, he, he, he stirred the pot and then walked away from it. You know what I mean? He left the pot on, on the stove with the, the, the you know, with the, the, the thing on, on high. You know, the gas is on high. He stirred around he and go and blew it, blew it out, the pilot. <laughs> right. And no, no, he just, he walked away and go like, well, boy, that, point, that pot's going to boil over. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. think deep down in his heart, he knew he was, he was stirring the pot. Okay. But. By the same token, that's who he is, though. Well, but 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 see, once that's ag- what he does. Once again, the crazy part of this is, there are some people. You see them on video. They were, you know, they were attacking the Capitol police officers. There's no doubt about that. Okay, those people put them in jail, throw away the key. But other people who just happen to be there. Matter of fact, I can tell you this story. Mark Cox, who used to be on Channel 4, is now the, the morning guy. Matter of fact, he's on the air right now. Don't go over and listen to 97.1. Just stay listening to us. But he was there on September 6th. He was there. He was the only St. Louis media person there on September 6th. Now, I have never asked him this, you know, because I know him. I can actually, I actually has, you know, I'm not trying to tell you I know important people, but I have Mark Cox's phone number. I could call him right now. You but, are kind of a big <laughs> deal in that respect. <laughs> but I think in his mind, it'd be interesting to ask him this. I bet you, I bet you any money that he's had second thoughts about going to be there on September 6th because anybody, or January 6th, anybody who was there has been broad brushed. You know what I'm saying? Once again, it's like like the example I gave you, the fictitious example that you gave going down to the city hall in St. Charles to get a permit for your the 49th car wash on, on First Capitol Drive in St. Charles. And, and, and a riot breaks out outside of City Hall, and they arrest you because you were at City Hall when the riot was going on. You know what I'm saying? I do. What the hell do I know? And the answer to that question is nothing. So much so that you just can't let it all out. Well, no. I mean, look, I have this terrible thing that happened to me. I have this journalism degree. and I Oh, ha- my. Really with the journalism degree? Right. Seriously? Terrible thing that happened to me. It's a waste of my money and time. Oh, but yet Brad. I had blah, one blah 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 blah. I had one influential person in my life, Dr. Camille Winter, who in his voice, with his nose being three inches from my nose, and he's yelling at me in class to never forget that there's two sides of every story. That's what he said. I'll never forget. And you as a journalist, find out both sides of that story. How many times do we see journalism which is blatantly one-sided you know all the time i mean all but you the know what time. i wish more than anything that that man was still alive so he would know what an impact he has made on your life and when and he, so many others and when he was alive we're taking his class we all hated him we hated going to that class i i one guy 
I shouldn't tell this story. One guy that was in that class, <laughs> it's a true story, he carried this little whiskey flask with him, and he'd do like a couple quick shots before he'd go into class. <laughs> He was he went in there a little bit inebriated. Well, not not I mean, he got inebriated because the alcohol didn't hit him right away. But he'd go into the class and put down a couple of shots of whiskey because the class was like, oh my god, this class is intense. I don't know if I want to take this class. But see, nowadays, you know what happened with that? Nowadays, Camille Winter would be fired because he yelled at students. Oh, you can't yell at students. You have to be. Oh, students, be. Open your books and, oh, you don't want to open your book? Okay, that's fine. You don't want to learn anything? Oh, that's fine. You going to punch me in the face? Oh, that's fine because I'm the teacher and you don't have to pay any attention to the thing I do anymore because I'm the teacher, right? Isn't that the way it works now? Of course, Brad. Next hour, we're going to have some, Oof. we're going to have some, I mean, not next hour. This is, this is our last hour. Oh. I'm going to make a phone call next break. We're going to see. You are. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to have some fun because someone that we have talked to before is back in the f- national focus. He's back in the national news. And we're going to see if we can talk to him next hour. Okay. Our next Aww. break. Okay. Is it a good, is it somebody I know? Uh, I think you will. Okay. It's, it's seven twenty six. Like it. And and ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, he will not talk about it when we're off the air. It's a secret. He, he literally, he doesn't fill me in or anything. He just makes me wait with y'all. And don't tell me, don't say any, that I, don't tell people that I, that I, that I treat you like a mushroom. Okay. Oh yes, he does. 726. I am a vegetable. No. M- mostly parsley. I'm going to redo that song and it's going to be all about you, Shelly. Why would you do that? I'm going to redo the song. Okay. I'm going to say. I tolerate, yes, I do. I tolerate you, yes, I do. Oh. I'm going to go pick you up. And, Thank you, Brad. And shopping in my little Volkswagen Beetle, I tolerate, yes, I do. You, 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 I tolerate you, yes, I do. By the way, I'm a little bit upset with something. This What's dude that? from Nashville, we talked about this yesterday, who's going on the McDonald's diet. Okay, by the way, I'm on my third diet. I did the original was the kidsmenuchallenge.com. Check it out. You can see my lost You did. List food, Correct. Lost weight, weight, eating nothing but kids' menus. And then like when 50 I was, pounds. No, not that much. Then on Fast Food Me Diet, I did a couple years ago. Okay? This guy comes out, well, I'm going to eat McDonald's. But he's not even, he hasn't even done it yet. Man, I've been there, done that. I'm on my third one. It's called the Little McFreddy Diet. Okay. All I eat is Little Debbie's. already had my one Little Debbie for this morning. For lunch, I eat McDonald's. And for dinner, I eat Freddy's. Now, sometimes I flip-flop those. Sometimes I do Freddy's for lunch and do McDonald's for dinner, which is what I did yesterday. I had Freddy's for lunch. I ate at the new Freddy's out in Lake St. Louis yesterday. Um, did you ever think about calling them and are trying to get a hold of their people? They won't. And they, seeing if they want to... They won't touch it because of the fact that they... They're, they'll get in, they, that's something they will not sanction. Why? They, they just don't want any part of it. Trust me. They just don't want any part of it. Even yeah, if, even well, if this guy is going to be making millions from Mickey D. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's going to be a, he's been on Mick the, he's millionaire. Been, he's been on the Today Show and the whole bit. And what's goofy about him? What How he's doing is, you didn't, okay. I, I don't know. You need his people. I mean, what, what, what he's doing is he's so actually, clearly I'm not doing a good enough job. He's actually cheating. He's buying stuff at McDonald's, but he's only eating half of it. Okay. Lightweight. Eat it all. Like I do just chop it down. Lose weight. Okay. I started March 1st. Today is March 7th. So this is day number what? Day number seven. I'm down six and a half pounds. I've averaged like a pound a day. 
every single day. And this is all I eat. Little Debbie's for breakfast. You know, once again, most of the time McDonald's for lunch and then uh, Little Freddy's uh, little, uh, little Freddy's for, for our, uh, dinner. It's called the Little, Mc, little McFreddy Diet. LittleMcFreddy.com. You can check it out. My chart's right there. It shows where I started. shows where I'm at. I weigh myself every morning before I go on the air. I weigh myself on the exact. And I have a really good, expensive doctor's beam balance scale. Not one of those little crappy ones with the little numbers that spin around. This is a beam balance, the exact same kind of scale that you'd see in a hospital. I've got that scale. Made right here in Missouri, believe it or not. You know that? They make them down. Uh, they make them down in. Uh, it's 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 it's. Uh, I in think St. Peter's. No, they're down in like some some near some place near Joplin. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to do this, and so far I am two for two. So we're going to place a phone call here, and we're going to see okay. if this person answers. And this person does not know I'm calling them, even though you will probably say, "Yeah, you already called him and told him that you were calling him." Uh, but I'm not. If I Where's his name? Here he is. Here's his phone number. I will hit the number right there. I will dial it right there. The phone will start to ring. We'll see if it answers. I bet you he answers. How much would it bet? Standard bet. Okay. Hello, this is Mark McCoskey. I'm not available on the phone right now. Please leave your name, telephone number, and message, and I'll get back to you shortly. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. At the end of your message, press 1. Hey, Mark, Brad Hildebrand from KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. We've talked before. I'm on the air right now. would love to have you call me back, 314-280-8880. I see you're back in the national news again. would like to get your look at your, your view on this. Once again, Brad, 314-280-8880. I'll be on the air till 8 o'clock if you call me back this morning. If not, maybe I'll call you back tomorrow. We can talk about this then. Talk to you later. Bye. Mark McCloskey, Pinky and Stripes. Yeah, so when are we going to pick up my winnings? <laughs> He's back in the national news because of the deal but, with 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 uh Kim Gardner. Why? Well, there are some people saying that she's not charging people that should be charged, but yet she's charging people that shouldn't be charged. Like, you know, for example, she tried to throw, you know, Pinky and Stripes, Mark and his wife in jail over the deal with the, you know, the people trying to, you know, you know the whole story. They, they. I want to know why people are still getting away with that kind of stuff. With what? What what she's doing. Well, no, that's, that, see, that's part of the story because the story, I, 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 I wanted him to try to tell this on the air, but obviously he's not there. But here, let me go back and find the story. This is on national news today because of the fact that once again, right here in the St. Louis area, and I will say it again, I don't care if you live in Washmo or New Melly or, or, or Arnold or Pacific, wherever you live. Once again, you may say, well, I don't live in St. Louis. I know, but yet you do. As much as you pretend that you live like out in the country in New Melly or whatever, you don't really live out in the country because you live in the St. Louis metro area. Because if you get in your little car and you drive 25 minutes, you're in civilization. You know, it's not like you live in Wyoming where you get in your car and you drive for three miles and all you see is cows. You know, it's not like that here. Okay, you're and in the Saint- Great Pyrenees. Right, you're in the St. Louis metro area. That's what it's called. Okay, so mm-hmm. the national news is. Once again, here's I've seen it on two websites before. 
Here it is. DA dropped thousands of cases of Soros-linked group urged her to seek racial equality. And what they're essentially saying is that if you're black in the city of St. Louis, you don't get charged. But if you're white, like Mark McCloskey and his wife, you get charged. And that's why he's being brought up again, because the fact that that they're saying that if you're a white person, you commit a crime in the city of St. Louis, you're doing the time. If you're a black person, ah, well, eh, just move along and just don't you, do that again. You've suffered enough. Right, right, right. And it's going to get me in so much trouble. And, and it, essentially they're saying that what's happened is it's the racial equity agenda and and Mark McCloskey and his wife are being linked to this because of the fact that, and, and not only that, our former governor, Governor Greitens, who was prosecuted by Kim Gardner. Once again, people have said that if if Eric Greitens would have been a black dude, eh, she wouldn't have done anything. Eh, it's okay. He's a black guy. You know, it's fine. And once again, it's to the point where, remember there's that statue, Justice is Blind, where she's got the, the little scale and she's got the blindfold on her face you know what i'm saying yes you would think that would be the case yes okay um can i can i tell you something else sure i know i know this is going to be weird when i say this but something weird from you Mm, i find the 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 alex murdoch thing you know where he got convicted of killing his his wife and his youngest son i still find that hard to believe that he did that I mean, in my little mind, I'm going like, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine he did that. Now, is he a scum bucket? Yes. He stole money from people, you know? And now what's interesting is there's, they're, they're talking about exhuming his, his housekeeper's body. You know this part of the story? No. He had a lady that worked for him, and supposedly she fell down at his house and broke, his, broke her neck, and she was killed. And that's bad enough that she was killed as a housekeeper. She worked for like 20 years and she was killed at his house. And, uh, but then supposedly he had an insurance policy. Now think about this for a minute. If you had a housekeeper at your house, would you have like a $3 million insurance policy on them? I mean, to me, I'm going like, hold on a minute. He had a multi-million dollar insurance policy on his housekeeper and she fell down at his house and he collected the money, but didn't tell his kids. That's the part of the story. It's like, okay, talking about Mr. Scumbag. When they went through the whole trial, the, the prosecuting attorney says, okay, now in this case, one guy became had a car accident, became a para- paraplegic, okay? You know, lives the rest of his life in a wheelchair. I mean, paraplegic, well, no, quadriplegic, all four limbs. Can't use his arms, can't use his legs. I mean, what a terrible life to have live for the rest of your life. And worse is that he got millions of dollars, but Alec told him he got no money. Oh, we're still working on the case when he got like $3 million, okay? I still find it hard to believe that he did it. He shoots his son with a shotgun, shoots his wife with a hunting rifle, and I'm going like, okay, who could do that? I mean, I mean, in your, in your, in your darkest days, could you ever imagine shooting some of your family members? No. I mean, neither can I. I'm no, going, not at all, actually. I mean, if I got, I hate to say this, but if I got that bad, I'd just turn the gun on me. Say, okay, it's over, bonk, I'm done. You know what I mean? I mean, rather than, I mean, see, and you see this all the time. Some nutbag kills his wife and kids and then shoots himself. You know, there was one the other day, what just yesterday over the weekend, some lady stabbed her five kids, killed three of them. Why do you bring all this stuff up at 
this time of the morning. Well, but it's it's life. You, what, what, I know it's life, Brad. You want me to talk about? There's a reason I don't listen to the news. You want me to talk about butterflies and and yes. big open fields and unicorns, butterflies, unicorns and dogs bouncing around. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Oh, ruff, 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 butterflies. Yeah. You want me to bring up other bad news? I'm sorry. I heard this yesterday. This is this is local news, which is sad. You what? know George Weber. I think he's George Weber the third. Skip Weber. You know yeah. he he runs the Weber Chevrolets. Yeah. His house burnt down. And apparently went up so quick he couldn't get his dogs out. His two dogs were killed. Him and his wife got out of the house. They live in Columbia, Illinois, across the river. Because he have he has a couple dealerships over there. Not only does he have yeah, he does. the dealership there at 270 and Olive, he also has a dealership down in Dupo and I believe in Granite City as well, too. Anyway, um his house burnt to the ground. I mean, how sad is that? Think about all the memories and stuff like that you have in your house. I mean, look at your house. Look at the stuff that you have pictures of your daughter when she was little, and you have pictures of me, you know, when you hit me on the head with that baseball bat. You know, you have all those. That was good times, weren't they? All those memories, you know, of good times, you know. I mean, and they're all just up and smoke. Now I just want to throat punch you. No. That's the only thing I got energy for. I mean, a man, and that hit on the head with the baseball bat, that hurt, I have to tell you. But. Oh, please. No. I mean, but. Man up. But how sad is that? You know, it's, pretty, it's you, pretty tragic, actually. I mean, you know, I mean, they talk about, and I don't think he lives in a shack. I think he lives in a pretty nice house, you know? I mean, but yet stuff like that can happen anywhere. You know, all it takes is, I mean, like, for example, I can tell you the weird story that, that it used to be Schweisskuth Brothers, the John Deere dealer there in Dutso, okay? They had a store that they had a all, uh, I what was that in T or double T, whatever it is, on, on you know, right outside of Dutso, if you know where it's at. They had a John Deere dealership. And they built a new store right up the street, brand new store. Bring, you know, and now it's Schweisskuth or no, and now it's Seidenstricker or Nobian Partners, whatever they are now. Anyway, do you know how that place burnt down? They were in it like six months. Brand new place, burnt to the ground, destroyed every piece of equipment in it. The the building was complete loss. They had to total the building and build what, it back what, up again. What building now? It's what this, are you talking about? It's the same building they're in right now. The building they're in right now is the building that got rebuilt after it burnt to the ground. This happened like maybe 10, 12 years ago, okay? You know how it happened? Oh, it was before my time then. Okay. You know how it happened? Sort of a bizarre story. During the day, one day, their electricity went out. And this is in their new dot John Deere dealership with all the new fancy John Deere sitting inside, you know, all the tractors and things in the showroom and all the tractors in the back that are getting repaired. One of the mechanics was working on one of the tractors in, in the back shop, and I believe he was using a heat gun to shrink some heat shrink tubing on some wiring. I know he's using a heat gun. You know what I'm talking about. You've probably done that before. Heat yes. shrink. You put a little piece of this heat shrink. If you know what it is, it's tubing that's like you put over a, a wire connection and then you get a heat gun or sometimes you can even do it with a lighter and you heat it up and it shrinks and it seals the connection. So he's it, working it's on it. It's like a shrinky dink. A shrinky dink. <laughs> shrinky dink. And you. Okay. So. He's work. He's working on this tractor, and the power goes out. Okay, so the power stays out, and pretty soon they go. Ah, eh, we'll just. It's nearing the end of the day. We'll just go home. We'll shut that place down and go home because there's no power. Well, unfortunately, the power came on, and the heat shrink gun or the heat gun was still turned on. And when the power came back on, the heat shrink gun came back on, and then the heat shrink gun. You got hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Pretty soon it burnt the place down. So the entire place burnt down. Who would have thought? 
I mean, the bizarre. I could see that because the heat shrink gun. Right, real hot. Oh, my gosh. But, but who would ever think that? It, it, it will, yeah. And nothing against the mechanic. I mean, who would even think that, okay? You're, you're using an appliance, and you got it turned on, and the electricity goes off. Ugh. And you go, you leave. You go out to dinner. Well, maybe the electrics will be back when we come back. And you come back, and your house is, like, on fire. Why is my house on fire? Because when electricity came back on, you forgot to turn off whatever the appliance was. Let's say you had, let's say you had, Shelly was cooking like she does. Like she was cooking a 10-course meal for her husband. And yeah, because she, that's what I do. She, she left the oven on. And, <laughs> that man would starve, right? slam to death. <laughs> and she had that, she had that garlic I'm bread. She had that garlic bread in the oven. She was cooking for her husband. He's, he's smelling that. Go, oh, Shelly smells so good. And then the power goes out. And she, she goes, hey, David, let's, let's go eat lunch. Let's go eat dinner somewhere. Okay, you come back and your house is on fire. And, and you go, why'd that happen? And your husband looks at you and goes, it was that garlic bread. You forgot to turn off the, fo- the oven, right? He would probably look, he would probably look at me and go <laughs> no you he, can't get mad at her no. because she had to work really hard to no. mess something up that bad he probably wouldn't get mad at her he'd probably be carted away to the hospital having a heart attack because his wife actually cooked something for him right <laughs> that. oh my god oh my wife cooked something oh, 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 my heart I am not a cook. put the paddles on There's me put the paddles on me know, I mean I just don't cook I've never cooked. <laughs> Poor Tiffany grew up with cheesy hot dogs and macaroni and cheese and uh, I cooked for spaghetti. My, I cooked for my kids all the time, and now my daughter just constantly makes fun of me about how everything I cooked was terrible and how she hated my cooking. God, that makes me feel so good, so good inside. God, I feel so good when she tells well, me Well, I sat there and made sure the kid always had cheesy hot dogs. <laughs> now I find out that traumatized her because she really hated them. <laughs> but I always made sure she had them. The things kids. I would like purposely go to the store at night if she did not have any because i thought that would be like that's like her mate it was like a food group <sighs> we have to take a she break. didn't think that you think mark's gonna call me back before eight o'clock take a, um take a guess you think he's gonna call me before eight o'clock i already won brad so <laughs> It, he's it doesn't me. matter to me whether he does or doesn't okay it's seven or did you want to go double or nothing nope seven forty nine Hold it. Why is my computer not working? 749. Shelly, I think I've redeemed myself. I got the text from Mark. It says, I'm here, was on another program, but available now. So let's call him, see what he says. Okay, hold on. Let's see if I can get him. Okay, this is let's Mark McCloskey. Here we go. We're going to yep. try it again. We're going to try it again. We called him before, and I got his voicemail. Come on. Come on, phone. Here we go. Fancy don't let me down. Well, hold on a minute. Hey, Mark? Yeah. Are you there? I am. Hey, Brad Hildebrand and Shelly Barr. We're on Westplex 107.1 and KSOQ. How you doing this morning? Pretty guys doing good. How are you guys doing? Fine. You are the most accessible guy in the world. Although I did lose a bet because I said to Shelly that I bet you I can call him and get him on the air and I got your voicemail. But then you texted me back and said you're available, right? Yeah, I was on another radio program and I, I as much as I love you guys, I had to finish up what I was doing. <laughs> we understand. Okay, back in the national news again, are we? Well, always. Yeah. Now, explain. I tried to briefly put this into so many words, but this involves you and Kim Gardner again, right? Oh, yeah. Now, essentially, I read this article, and it talks about the Vera Institute, V-E-R-A. Do you know what this is about? I do not. Okay. It says that that there's some institute that she belongs to that they're telling them to prosecute people for res- racial equality. A racial equity. Uh-huh. 
Do you don't know about this then? I don't, but I now I have to look it up. Okay, here. I have a research assignment for this morning. <laughs> well, let me read you this. It says, it says here, I'll read you this. It says, um, in 2017, and shortly after she was elected, Gardner brought in the Vera Institute of Justice to aid an aggressive ideological reform. The collaboration between Gardner and Vera at VERA was considered a, quote, pilot partnership, which the not-for-profit said it would use as a blueprint for future district attorney offices around the U.S. as part of its mission to end, quote, mass incarceration and dissolve the criminal justice system's footprint in the U.S. Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) So. Well, I got to tell you, it's worked gangbusters. I mean, uh, holy, you know what? Uh, at the time that uh, we got uh, our trouble with with the illustrious uh, sack of hammers, dumb, dumb, whatever you want to call her, um, uh, she leapfrogged six thousand serious felony cases in a city that year, twenty twenty, two hundred and sixty two murders, the highest murder rate in the history of Missouri. I mean, history of St. Louis, highest murder rate in the country, in order to prosecute us for uh, defending ourselves, and you know. The, uh, the the reason, of course, is that there, there's only one unforgivable crime in America, and that's standing up against the left. And, uh, you know, murder? Eh, who cares? Um, defending yourself? You can't do that. Well, I, I find it fascinating that, that this has come out, and I thought you'd know about this already. You are on the front page of several websites this morning. And, really? and what what's that? Really, I did not. I, of course, I've been. I, yeah, I, I'm a late riser. I didn't get up until five this morning, so I haven't scanned all this stuff yet. <laughs> didn't get up till five. And did you? You working out at your gyms? Did you work out already this morning? Absolutely. Because oh, last time we talked, remember I called you about the fact that there was the picture of you look like Mr. Atlas. I go, that's not him, and it turns out it is you, right? <laughs> Well, I had a 7.30 radio program this morning, so I couldn't work out as much as I normally do. Now, who are you on at 7.30? Can I ask? Can you want... uh, Brandon Rathert out in, uh, out in Columbia. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I know who those guys are. Okay. So you're on every morning with them? Pretty, uh, no, no. I just... Uh, usually it's a different program. Um, you know, we're, we're doing uh, uh, Tim Jones and, and um, uh, Chris Arps this afternoon. So, we're you know, we're, we're uh, doing something called the Victory Channel tomorrow. I did... Uh, it's an Australian television show yesterday, and when I was up at CPAC, I had my biggest audience ever. I was on a, uh, a anti-communist Chinese network with 600 million viewers. No kidding. Man, yeah. I, I feel lucky that you answer, even answer the phone for me. I mean, we're sort of small-time potatoes, you know what I'm saying? Well, anybody that's got a got a, a, a radio antenna out in my neighborhood that says crap radio, I got to talk to. <laughs> Can I use that as a promo? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, so, so you see, and what's interesting is this thing with, you know, and, and what's so sad about this is, you know what I'm going to say with what's so sad about this is how this finally gets national promise and promise, uh, prominence is that poor young girl from Tennessee who is doing nothing wrong with her parents here in St. Louis at a volleyball tournament. And she gets her legs cut off by some dirtbag who should have been in jail, and that's how this thing gets national prominence, right? Yeah, and you know the the, the bizarre and sad thing is that a couple of days later, a week ago last Sunday, um, another dirtbag runs a red light on on South Grand Avenue here in St. Louis, dodges into the oncoming traffic to avoid the car stop appropriately at the red light, knocks another car off the bridge, killing four and injuring four, right, it's critically injuring, and he gets out of the car and runs. It, well, and, 
And if I'm not mistaken, didn't I? I think I read the story before he ran. He put he took the license plate off his car and then ran. Wasn't that the story? Yeah, you know, and and and, and you know, and you know what the city says the problem is? The Tra- problem is the intersection. <laughs> We've got to fix. It's just like you know, if if he'd killed that many people and injured that many with an AR-15, of course it would have been the guns' problem, not his problem. But uh, no, we got to fix the intersection because intersections are when the right light turned red there, it wasn't red enough or something. And it's just it's such nonsense. I mean, the good news is that, that I think she's going to get tossed. The bad news is I don't know if you saw that that riot of a press conference she gave where everybody's hooting down. They got one one reporter was allowed to ask one question. I guess it was the Kevin Colleen of Camel X. And they hoot him down and scream and shout and swear. And then when he says, after the noise uh, wears off, he says to uh, Kim Gardner, did you hear my question? The crowd erupts again. And then one of the thugs standing behind Kim Gardner says, I think the people have answered your question. I mean, it was it was a press riot, not a press conference. I'm concerned that if Andrew Bailey is successful in getting her removed, she will not leave peacefully. And we may actually have to have armed conflict to remove her from office. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because believe it or not, Kevin Kleen worked for me like a long time ago, one of the best news guys I've ever met. And I called him and talked to him about that. And I go, I said, Kevin, did you feel a little bit concerned for your health at that, at that for your health and safety at that press conference? He just laughed it off. Oh, no, big deal. But you're exactly right. He, here he's a journalist from Camo X asking a legitimate question. He gets shouted down by her people. I'm going like, okay, this is just a little bit out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is this is anarchy. It's 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 not. And you know, if you want to inspire respect and respect for law and order and respect for for just human life, the stage a riot at your press conference. And there's no better way of saying it. You, she had no intention of giving a press conference. She had every intention of just letting people realize that if you oppose her, there might be violence. Uh, this is not civilization. This is this the antithesis of civilization. Mark, look, we don't have much time. I got to get out of here. I do appreciate you uh, texting me back. You're always, I love talking with you. And you know what? I love a guy who appreciates the fact that he's on crap, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you know, and I will, I'll do is, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, a crass commercial announcement. I've got my own radio program now on News Talk STL, 5 o'clock Sundays afternoon, Mark McCloskey on fire. So if you guys want to hear more, tune in. Oh, that's my favorite radio station with with Jeff Allen over there. Jeff Allen's a great guy. Tell Jeff I said hi, okay? I I sure will. Okay. Talk to you later, Mark. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, (laughs) Shelly. Oh, look, 7.59. (laughs) Shelly wants to bail, right? You want to get out of here, right? (laughs) I I do. (laughs) You don't like what he said? Are we in trouble? (laughs) Who? Oh, you and me? Uh-huh. Over what he said? <laughs> Is that guy the quote machine or what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> nope. You're not going to say anything. <laughs> I am not going to say, Brad. Shelly, have a real good day. You too. Uh, we'll talk to you later. It's 7.59. Yep. Peace and I fly. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.